Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Trundle Bed Tales. Now it turns out that August has been a heck of a month, and that uh, I didn't, you know, all the progress I'd been making on getting back on schedule kind of went out the door, which is why I'm bringing you this episode now. What I try to do for roving reports is I try and have them be episodes of about 15 minutes, and I try and do them either when I'm on the ground with any luck and support and internet connection at all, or I try and do them immediately after I get home. Well, we're about a month later from when I was uh, gone and actually on this trip, so that didn't work out this time. But I think that will allow me to talk a little bit more and kind of give you a little bit more of an overview since I've had a chance to think about things. And I didn't want to just leave it where it was with the the first roving report. I wanted to actually follow up and um, give you a little taste of what it was like to be there. I have also been very slowly working on editing my videos so that um, the reports, the video footage that I took of the days as it was going on uh, is slowly coming along and hopefully I will um, be able to get the, the rest of those done soon. I'm getting close to the end. Now, if you're looking for them on the YouTube channel, you won't find them. I've been loading them up uh, on the Trundle Bed Tales Facebook page and also on my new Vimeo account, which I haven't gotten linked to enough places yet. But honestly, I have just gotten so sick of dealing with all the garbage that Google has forced on YouTube since they bought it. It just, it, it, it isn't worth the headache. Um, and it's really sad because, honestly, the whole reason Google uh, bought YouTube was they were trying to uh, get the active users of YouTube to use Google Plus because they were forcing you into it. And now it's such a mess. I think they're just driving people away from YouTube as far as commenting and, and uploading material, at least I know I haven't uploaded any material, new material there in quite a while, and I don't know if I just will bother anymore. On the other hand, Vimeo has just been beautiful. It has been so simple and so streamlined, and I just love it to death. So I'm loving Vimeo and mad at YouTube, so that's where the, the, the videos are. If you want to watch the videos account of this, which... I've gotten through the first day and, well, the first day that was traveling and the second day that was the actual, um, of the event. And I've started the third day, which will be of the event. And then the fourth day will be when I'm in um, Dismat. 
And then I'm not sure how much of the workings I'm going to show you because most of that was meetings, but then I came on home. So uh, the videos will be winding up pretty soon, but they will help you. If you didn't get to go, it will give you a feel about what it was like, which is what I'm also going to be doing today. So what was it like? When I first started going to the Laura sites, at first I kind of avoided going to Laura events. I just was afraid there was going to be too big a crush of people and it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see anything, you wouldn't be able to do anything that you'd be able to see and do a lot more uh when you were there in non-event time because there'd be less people. And then I started for various reasons trying out the event um, I had gone to a pageant relatively early, and the pageants kind of were an early exception to that. But then I started going to the various days events, and I can honestly say that I, I that Laura events as a whole tend to still be small enough that you can see things, that you aren't crushed out of things, and that there are usually extra things going on during the event. So, for instance, if you wanted to go to Pepin, go and do the Laura Days, which will be later this month, or September, late it's in September, uh, it's a great idea because while there are more people than normal, they're not all that many, and that's kind of balanced out by all the different activities that are going on that wouldn't normally be there and available. So normally, um, what I was afraid of was not true at all. Laura events tend to be large, but not so large that you are unable to do anything you might want to do. This event was the exception to that rule. The population of the town of Walnut Grove tripled for this day. There were lines to do everything. It was way worse than a normal pageant. And the focus, which I'm going to talk about a little later, was such that you really couldn't do all the extra stuff that was going on. You, you just couldn't. Um, it, it physically wasn't possible. So, And even just doing normal little stuff, like since I was kind of just you know, planning on hanging out, one of my goals for the trip was to have a meal at Nellie's Cafe, which we wouldn't think would be, would be that hard. But I tried several times, and I just couldn't get in there. That That is how busy things were. So, um, frankly, people who, who went to this event, I know there was a lot of people in at once, and being able to see the Castorina with everybody was real nice, but you are going to have a much better experience if you come when there's just one or maybe two stars because I have been to several things. Um, in fact, the, the first time I met Dean Butler was when he came to Baroque. And I've been there when Charlotte Stewart was signing at Walnut Grove. Um, and there, there's just, you have so much, the, the level, the number of people there is so much less that you have such a better chance for a little bit to actually interact with them a little bit. I mean, I would think that that, I mean, it's just such a 
better quality experience when there's only one or two of them. Um, that I, I strongly recommend people to go to that kind of thing instead. But I want to tell you what was going on at this one. So basically, there were three locations going on. That all the cast members that were there were broken into three groups. One was where the old Tribune building stood. And that, frankly, caught at my heart a little bit. I mean, it was in terrible shape the last time I saw it. But the Walnut Grove Tribune building was where fans used to go before there was a museum in Walnut Grove when people, the, the people who make it to Walnut Grove would show up, they'd stop at the Tribune building. And it was the people of the Tribune building who, who put out the, the flyers, who wrote things in uh, the, the Charlie's Corner column, who put out the, the little booklets, who wrote the wording for the sign that's over at the dugout site. And for that building to be gone, it just kind of hurts my heart a little. And it was a very nice building. I mean, it was clearly in terrible shape the last time I saw it, the last few times I saw it. And if the roof went, they may not have had much of a choice. But it, it kind of hurt my heart that it was it was so completely gone that it was, just looked like a yard. A yard. Uh, and signing there were the twins who played Carrie, both of them. There was Lucy Lee Flippin, who played Eliza Jane Wilder, and there was Dean Butler. And I'm going to give you a little bit more. Since this was the first one I went to, I went there, I got there about a half hour before the signing was supposed to start, according to the schedule I had. It actually had been rescheduled to start a little later. But I went and stood in line and thought that, well, you know, I'll I'll go early, I'll knock through this one, and then I'll get a second one, and I'll get all of them done, you know, maybe in the first two sessions. That was totally unrealistic. Because while I was right about being there early, I wasn't really there early enough. There was, um, I was in the very last row that was underneath the tent. They had a big tent set up. And then they had, if you've ever been to an amusement park, you know how they'll have the um, lines set up so you go back and forth and kind of snake through the area just so there's more people line and, and less space. And I was in the very last one of those under the tent. Before the people showed up to sign, the line was basically out of the tent, out to the sidewalk, down the sidewalk to opposite fond memory. So it was a huge line. And I think what the planners had planned was that they were thinking that people would stand in line a while and then they would have breaks for the, the actors signing and the people would wander off and do other things. And they scheduled other things to be going on during these off hours. What really seemed to have happened was that you didn't move out of the line until you uh, got all the way through. That would sometimes take two or three signing periods, after which you would then go to the next place to get in line. And really, if you wanted all three signatures, or all three groups, places worth of signatures, you, I mean, that's basically all you were going to get done these two days. 
Now they were trying to move it faster. They had a person with a little post-it notes and you were supposed to write down what you wanted them to sign so they could just plop it down and the, the people could just copy it off of that. But um, that didn't really seem to be helping at all. Another problem was that they were letting people bring in uh, now, the photos were supposed to be purchased on the, the site, and they weren't supposed to, for some reason, be signing museum newsletters or posters, which, which frankly I don't understand. But they let them sign just about anything else. And I owe a great mental apology because I'm interested in quite a few fandoms, and I haven't gone to very many conventions or anything per se, but I have read about them. And I have often thought, well, that's kind of mean that they're not letting them bring in other things. Well, having seen this, if they're dealing with this size of crowds, they were not being mean. They were being practical because every time somebody drug out something that wasn't a flat two-dimensional object, the line skidded to a halt. Signing T-shirts took a horrible long time. Signing, um, you know... <laughs> I I can't even tell you all the things that people brought to have signed. And every time it was something that wasn't two-dimensional, the whole line ground to a halt. And because they had people in a row, so there was in, in this first one, there were like four people in a row, they were, that halt would be times four. So it wasn't just one person having to, to deal with a hard thing to sign. They each would have to deal with the hard thing to sign, which really slowed down the line, and especially because it didn't work the other way. If you had someone going through fast, it didn't really speed it up because it was unlikely that you would hit all four people going fast at the same time, so any fast speed wouldn't be caught uh, would be caught by somebody else having something slow. And so the lines really took a, a tremendously long time. And if they do do this again, I know people like to bring in other things, but honestly, I, if I was organizing it, I would say, um, I would say only two-dimensional things. And if I was going to allow T-shirts, I would have something like embroidery hoops there because just watching them try and stretch the cloth and hold it to sign it, I mean, it was painful. I, I But anyway, so, that, so you went through the line. You get all the way through the line, and then you want to go to one of the other two locations. The second location was the city park, and I think most people who've been there during the um, pageant will have been to the park because they try and, and host events going on there. The people signing there were uh, the Grace Twins, a Dan McBride who uh, played the customer who always had something um, bad happen to him when he came into town to eat at Nellie's restaurant. He was always trying to get a meal there, and I don't know why he ever came back, because every single time something horrible happened, including uh, one time Nellie hit him with a chicken, which is apparently a really big deal in TV show fandom. So he was there, and he really had not done, it sounded like, I mean, I I had not followed his career previous to this, but from what he and other people said, this was his very first event. And he, I think it was, because he was just 
so dang happy to be there. And uh, actually, uh, all the people who hadn't done a lot, the Grace Twins and them and uh, Victor French's kids, they, they were all just ecstatic to be there, even in the bad weather. So I, I, it, it was really nice dealing with them. But anyway, so uh, the the park grouping was the Grace Twins, Dan McBride, and Allison Ingram, who, of course, played Nellie Olson. So um, that was a really popular uh, popular line. I would say, having been in all three and having looked at them at other times, I think that line, the park line, tended to be the longest all the time. The one in the Tribune area was close, but I think the park one tended to be the long line. And um, then the, the last one, the third one, was actually on the museum grounds. And it was uh, the woman who played Mrs. Garvey, the the uh, man who, and Charlotte Stewart, of course, who played Miss Beetle. And they uh, they actually had the nicest place to stand because they were in the trees there on the museum grounds, kind of in that corner beyond the the um, wagon for pictures uh, before you get in the buildings there. And so they really had the nice place to stand while you were waiting for them. And I really cannot say, again, how nice and accommodating they all were. They they were just all extremely nice, extremely helpful, tried to do what people wanted, uh, went out of their way to accommodate people. Uh, the museum grounds ended up being the second group that I went through because um, if you were following along, with either the videos or things that I, I said on Facebook, I had an accident about lunchtime on Friday, fell down, smacked my face on the cement, so I had to deal with that most of the afternoon. But because of that, I didn't actually even try and go and listen to the, the first um, kind of panel discussion that they had in the park, and instead I said, well, you know, I'm just going to be standing around anyway. I might as well go ahead and get in line. And the people in the museum grounds group came back a half hour early from their break uh, to start signing again. I mean, these people, I just have to say, are the epitome of customer service. And you just, I, I, I cannot stress enough how great they were for that. And, and I have long used Dean Butler as my example of customer service because of, you know, how he, what he did that first uh, time I saw him at Baroque. But honestly, everybody was that considerate and that kind and going out of their way for people, which was really great to see. Uh, also at the museum at uh, different times, they had uh, um, a man from France who's an author of the book about the TV show. If you had been getting the DVD sets with extras, then you would have gotten, and I should have looked up what the title was before I started this, but I didn't. Um, I think it's called Little House A to Z. It's a little book about the show uh, that he wrote, and he had a different one now that was interviews with um, he had done with like five of the cast members that don't do tours, and I think 
I'm trying to remember who all was included. Several of them are dead now, but these are interviews that he'd done, uh, which was really uh, a nice thing to get to, to see. So he was there uh, in the um, sort of historic building they have there, the one that has the covered wagon with all the stuff in it and the general store hands-on and all that stuff. The, oh, the remains of the Walnut Grove Tribune with the press and the, the window sign. That's there, too. And also, for a limited time, they had two of Victor French's children. He had uh, a son who looked scarily like him. I mean, you know, family resemblance is something that can be really strong, but but he actually did double for him sometimes because they looked so much alike. Um, and he's an artist now, and uh, they still have some of his artwork available on the Walnut Grove website if you'd be interested in purchasing some of that, and he was signing some of it. And then they also had twin daughters, or he also had twin daughters, and one of the, the daughters was there. Um And, oh, and I did want to mention about photos because they only let you take photos uh, while you were signing. They, they, everything about the setup, for the most part, was they had were trying to move things along for people so you wouldn't spend too long in time. And they, they didn't want people to take time to, you know, try and run around and get into pictures. So you could take a picture while they were signing or um, if you could just do it quick while you, while you were standing in line. But they did have an option then on Sunday where they had the cast all lined up and then you could go in, uh, they could either stand or there were two places you could pick to sit from and then they would take the picture and charge you 20 bucks and you could have um, that picture then. And when that was... Um, that was on Sunday, and to skip ahead a little bit, I'll just say that um, I ended up leaving Sunday a little later than I meant to, I think mostly because I was still kind of recovering. And so I went by uh, the museum about a half, ha well, I went by Walnut Grove because I was staying on the eastern side of it, and I was heading to the cement about a half hour before it was supposed to open, and I drove by, and the line from the community center was out the door, around the corner, and heading towards the water tower. So a lot of people must have stayed to do that. They are selling copies of a photo of that gathering without any extra people in it. And you can get those on the Walnut Grove website. Now, uh, they did have other stuff on during the, the Signing. They had the museum, of course, was open, and they had kind of an extra nice exhibit there. They'd done some updates on that. They had uh, Native American dancers from uh, the local tribe. That uh, it's a particular group, and um, I actually got their names. So if you watch the videos, you'll you'll see their name in there. They also had vendors booths um, from the museum. Different people selling books and then just sort of regular kind of vendors things. Uh, you could go wade in Plum Creek. They had talks in the square. One was by the 
um, Grace Twins. The second day they had one by Victor French's kids. They had Little Miss Laura going on. This was the first day I, or first time I tried to see their Little Miss Laura contest. But I don't know if it was shoved to the side because of the other stuff or if it's always shoved to the side. But I got there and they were taking pictures and there really wasn't a place for an audience. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I missed that. Um, but what basically most people seem to do was spend a lot of time in line. I talked to quite a few people uh, that said that they were just ending up standing in line. They would go through one entire signing session. The signing session would close down, and then they would be standing in line through that whole break until the session started again. And I talked to a couple people who said they ended up standing, being basically in line for all three signing sessions. Uh, I mean, at one location. So it, it was not going quickly at all. Um, and that seemed to really kind of be most people's there was focus, was getting the autograph rather than seeing anything or getting doing any of this other stuff they had organized. It was mostly the focus was on getting the autograph. Um, as I said, there was just a huge crush of people there. The pageant suppers opened a little early and bore up well. Nellie's, as I mentioned, was one of the things that I, I wanted to do. And the couple times I stopped there, there was a two-hour wait. And people apparently were waiting. So they spent time in line there, too. And even though I, I didn't go over to the Walnut Grove Bar and Grill, um, it is I have been in there before, and and it is also a small space. So if it was two hours at Nellie's, which was out of the way, and having to walk across the interstate or drive across the interstate and lose your parking, or the highway, and um, or drive across the highway and lose your parking space, I imagine the Bar and Grill, which was much closer uh, to the action was probably had an equal wait time. Uh, this was the first time I had stopped at the local grocery, uh, mostly because I had to go get banded. It's kind of neat to, to see the local grocery, and that's something I had never done before, but I'd recommend people do again just to kind of get a feel of that Walnut Grove small town thing. And I had never actually gone into the service station in town because normally when I come to Walnut Grove, um, I'm kind of passing through, but I stopped at the service station this time, and they are now number two on my list of places with the best bathrooms in town. The museum has the best bathrooms, public bathrooms, um, far and away. This service station off on Highway 14 is now number two, having experienced it. Um, the second day, I had gone out uh, for the signing sessions again. And the second day, it rained. And it, it started raining before I got there. It was supposed to rain until 10.30. 10.30 came, it was still raining. It was supposed to quit by 11. 11 came, it was still raining. 11.30, still raining. 12, still raining. It finally stopped closer to 1. But that is very bad when you are trying to get signatures and dealing with paper. Uh, it just ended up being kind of a big mess. But everyone seemed to take it real well. Um, and in the spirit, it was it was offered. So, you know, it was really people could have gotten rather nasty about it. And they didn't. People seemed to, to enjoy being there. Now, um, both nights, 
Friday and Saturday. They had a special thing for the pageant. They Pageant singers, I had thought they were just not going to do that night because that would make sense, but they actually moved them earlier. So uh, they were a whole hour earlier than they normally were. So people were standing, or sitting at least, out at the pageant grounds a lot earlier than normal. Then they had an all-cast question and answer thing before the pageant. Uh, I went to that both nights. There actually were, um, I want to tell, normally when it's only actors being interviewed about a television show, um, quite often the actors themselves don't have a lot of answers to the questions because the questions were done by the, um, were answered by, you know, like the producer, by the um, writers, you know, people like that, the directors, the the actors don't have, I mean, they can tell you behind the scene cast stories, but they can't always explain the hows and wherefores and whys. And I don't know if it was just the questions that were asked or if it was the level of thought this cast has given to it, but uh, every question pretty much they were able to either come out with a concrete answer to or at least a reasonable sounding theory. And so you really, it was quite interesting. And they recorded it to do a DVD, and I would recommend anybody interested in the TV show try and get that. It was also interesting to see that some of the questions which seemed, or the answers which seemed very clever the first night turned out to be pat answers because they get the question a lot because some of them were repeated the second night. And um, as in the movie Kitty, there's a line that says, a joke repeated is never as funny, which is true. But it's when you're asked the same question again, you do tend to come up with a pat answer. So it was interesting to see which ones that they got a lot because you could tell from that. And uh, some of you are going to miss me, right, in, uh, in just this. I'm going to cut off, but don't worry. The recorded version is going to keep going. I just ended up having a little bit more to say than I thought. All right, so uh, the cast um, tried to stay the first night to see at least the first half of the show, but they left half the way through. I don't know if that was always planned or if they just ended up leaving early because apparently... People kept approaching them for autographs, photographs, etc. during the show, and um, it, was, it really was a problem, as the people who sat near them the first night told me. Uh, I actually ended up leaving early because, you know, I'd taken that fall that day, and I just, I, I thought I would better get home, uh, or get back to the hotel and get into bed, particularly because I knew I would see the pageant the next night. But that's what the people told me who, who attended both nights. Um, the second night, they didn't even try it. They left. Uh, the pageant ended up didn't, not starting then uh, until uh, at least a half hour late the second night. I think that was true the first night, too, which meant I didn't get back to my hotel room until midnight. And I didn't get to back to bed till 1230, which is a late night. So that meant that um, when I drove over to DeSmet the next day, I got a later start than I wanted to. And as I mentioned before, I drove by and I saw the line around the building. And I talked to someone who did say, and they said you could stand or sit in two different places. You chose the place. You went in, click, next person. And um, But they are selling the cast only photos now. So if you want a copy, you can sure get it. Then I went over to DeSmet for... Um, the, the Sunday, 
And I had a great time. There were fewer people there, but they did say they had had a lot of spillover with people stopping to and from the event. Uh, I visited the Loftus store. They had three new items that I reported in the Christmas uh, bulletin of what to, to buy for your Laura fan last year. They had the um, pause store model, the pewter plate, which is a reprint of one from the 70s, and they said that they uh, won't do, they're not going to do more in the series until they mostly sell out this one. So even though it was one that I, it was actually the one I already had from the 70s of the set, I went ahead and bought one. So I have one of the new kind too, and hopefully they'll sell out and then we'll be able to get the next one in the series, which I don't have. And then the third thing is they've had a tapestry from the 70s up on the wall for a long time, and they wanted to redo that, but they couldn't get anybody to do it on cloth for a good price, so they have reproduced it as a poster. So if you've been in the Loftus store and seen that sort of wall hanging with the design on it and said, hey, I want one of those, you can have it now as a poster. Uh, I stopped by the Historical Society that certainly does have a lot more things that would be an opportunity for hands-on stuff than they had before. Um, they had redone the signs. And I think that's probably about all I want to say about that. I mean, um, oh, except I should say that for a long time, uh, Walnut Grove has had the cutest Jack in the gift shop by far. Their Jack was the cute one, the one you really wanted to have. They have now, in Dismet, a even cuter Jack. And it is just darling and the most huggable Jack I have seen. If you are a Jack person at all, look at getting the stuffed Jack in the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society gift shop, well, well worth it. Uh, the postcards, they have a few new ones, but by new ones, I mean they have a different design around the edge. It's the same pictures. They haven't changed that. There weren't any new ones. Uh, then I got to go out to the Ingalls uh, homestead, which I always love spending time out there. Marion Kramer is still doing the schoolhouse. Uh, I had thought she'd given it up, but no, she's still going strong. And uh, they have other teachers out there too, but she, she takes her turn. And things seem to be going going well there. And then I went over to see the pageant. Um, it was, they are starting at 8 o'clock now, and I really kind of wish they would at least push it back to 8.30, because it just as it is now, it isn't even getting dark when it ends, and it just, it I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. Um, but it was a really nice production. Uh, They're going to be shifting through the, the books one a year now, so if you, it, it used to be that they might keep, if they got a play worked up, they might keep it for two or three years. Now they're going to be changing every single year. So if you uh, go every year, you will be seeing a different production. And 
Um, it was a little short. It had it left out some beats that I personally think of as being kind of key to the story. It was these these happy golden years. But I must say, except for showing, except for not showing, which I can't believe they didn't show it. Why would you emphasize this and not show the scene where Laura lets the laugh robe flap? I I I don't know, but they did probably the best production I have ever seen of the three in a buggy sequences. I mean, they did that very well. And they also really sold the Laura and Manly romance. I mean, sometimes in a pageant, you kind of get the feeling Laura and Manly end up together because the script says so, but you really bought it with these two. They did a very nice job on that. And I just want to give a shout out to the uh, the cement pageants, concession stands, which tend to be awesome and clever because uh, they did the long winter a couple years ago and the long winter, uh, they had long winter snow cones the last time I was there. And this time it was these happy golden years and they sold, they were little Debbie cakes, but they sold uh Laura and Almanza wedding cake at the concession stand. And that is just great. Who can, how can resist things like that? That was just clever and all get out. And um, then the next day I got up early because I had to get to Brookings. And Brookings uh, right, it was actually getting ready to change out their Harvey Dent exhibit. And the one they have up now is all but like five pictures that they own by Harvey Dent. So it's something like 115 of his images, Hung Swan style. So if you get a chance to get over and see the Harvey Dunn uh, exhibit in, at South Dakota State uh, Art Museum, I strongly recommend it. I got stopped by to see the... Um, Student Center, where the next Laura conference is going to be in 2015. It looks like it's a real nice facility. It looks like parking should not be an issue. Thank goodness. And then I headed home. So um, that about rounds it up. Thank you for joining me for this roving report. And I will hopefully get one more in where I talk about the Mary Ingalls pageant. And I will see you next time on Trundle Bed Tales. Remember to brighten the corner where you are. Ta-da!